The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. So you and I were just talking about this before uh, the broadcast went live, but uh, the media um, lost a very, very influential and articulate man tonight in the form of Charles Krauthammer. If you watch Fox News, you'll know him very, very well, but he was known to everybody beyond just Fox News. He was generally a conservative commentator, but he was also um, a fair uh, individual. He criticized presidents of both sides, politicians of both sides, and he was a speechwriter for Walter Mondale. Um, So he worked on both sides of the fence, but he was a very, very articulate man, um, a very, very respected man, and he lost a battle with cancer tonight. At 68 years old, and I I agree, he was just a great guy. He didn't play favorites, and and he he rode down that line, would lay into both sides and speak his mind, whether people liked it or not. And, you know, it's it's a shame. And just to see, I mean, he he went through so much. He really did. And, uh, of course, he became uh, paralyzed from a diving accident. But that didn't change him. I mean, he was just a phenomenal individual and uh, just overcame so much. Yeah, in fact, I think that accident gave him the resolve to work even harder. He became a doctor, practiced medicine for a little while, then decided that really wasn't what he wanted to do and went into political speech writing and then commentary. He's written many, many books about the political system. Um, And I find it interesting because he wrote uh, what would be now considered his goodbye message, and he he passed it on uh, through social media, and, and it's uh, it's pretty haunting. He says, recent tests have revealed that the cancer has returned. There was no sign of it as recently as a month ago, which means it's aggressive and spreading rapidly. My doctors tell me their best estimate is that I only have a few weeks to live. The final verdict, that this is the final verdict, my fight is over. I leave this life with no regrets. It was a wonderful life, full and complete, with the great loves and great endeavors that make it worth living. Such a great guy, and he will be missed. And uh, you know, just rest in peace. And yeah. our best goes to 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 his entire family. Yeah, and I don't mean to make light of that, but uh, another. First of all, let me just let me just say this: uh, we've got Rick Rag- Wagner joining us on the program tonight. He's the ghost doctor, and we're going to be talking about his uh, technique by which he takes and contacts the spirits that surround us all and uses their energies to help heal, whether it's mental health healing, physical healing, uh, emotional healing. Um, And we're going to talk to Rick, bring him in the program in just a little bit. Um, But here's some pretty uh, striking news as well. And I brought this up on the program, I don't know, maybe a month ago. The Supreme Court today uh, basically overturned what would be considered, uh, uh, well, how many years have we had the Constitution? 220-some years? Uh, I, mean, I don't know the exact number. I'd have to do the math. But um, enough that uh, this is a pretty striking uh, decision by the Supreme Court. And what it's going to mean is that states can now tax your Internet purchases. I saw that. I saw that. And I have mixed feelings on it. Uh, of course, I think that... It's good for certain aspects. Don't get me wrong. You get a lot of stores out there that are there. You you have to pay tax when you go in and buy buy stuff from them. And but you can go home and and it just made it kind of an unfair right. It advantage. levels it levels the playing field to a degree. But here's what it does do as well. And we are not a political show, so we shouldn't spend a yep. whole lot of time on this. But it's pretty groundbreaking. Um, what it the rule prior to this decision was that you had to have a physical presence in the state for the state to tax you. Now that they say you don't have to have a physical presence in a state for a state to tax you, what's going to stop a state from taxing Jason Hawes or J V Johnson in New York? Say California. Say we stepped foot in California one day, and uh, and they want to now tax us because we were in that state for a day. See, I, I I've already had to deal with. Well, you but you've earned in, money there. You've earned filming. money there. That's yeah, already that's already the case. But that's because you were there earning money. But this is a different mechanism altogether. This just means they can reach cross state lines, and if they have some kind of excuse, they can try to tax you. It also means the European Union could tax you. If they find just cause, this is this is why it's a big can of worms that they've just opened. So we'll have to see how it goes. But either way, what's going to happen? Bottom line is your online purchases are going to most likely be taxed by your state now, if they aren't already. Because some companies like Amazon do it, uh, and Walmart, those guys, they do it already because you know, they are big enough that they I can. I can tell you a way to beat the system. Yeah, yeah. It's it. Get a VPN, just one one of the IP you know blockers or whatever. And just log it in through, go through a state that doesn't do you, take sales tax. Well, but it's a state that you're, it's, well, I guess you could do no, that. But I here's, mean, here's the problem. 
you're going to have the feds knocking on your door in about a half hour for saying probably that. yeah i probably will but <laughs> it wouldn't hey, be the first you know, time right and, but no it would not be the first time would it so but anyways hey welcome to me on reality radio everybody as jason hawes and jv johnson if you haven't yet head over to facebook.com slash beyond reality radio like the facebook page for us then head to beyondrealityradio.com where you can find all the stations we are on across the country and that list is constantly growing, so make sure you check it often. You can also download the free iPhone and Android app, which allows you to listen live, catch past shows all on the go. Um, and Or you can just listen right from the website. Just click the Listen Live tab or the pop-up button, and you can hang out in the chat room on the computer while listening to the show. Or you can just listen right from the website on your own. So many, many different ways of doing it. If you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, do us a favor and rate it for us. It makes it easier for, for people to find. And we love the comments, too. We love when people leave comments, kind of give us uh, ideas or constructive criticism. All that is is enjoyable to read. Yeah, I love those ones like, Jason and JV, you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we'll make sure we don't suck next time. <laughs> we'll great work, great we'll criticism. Work, we'll work on the sucking, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, again, we've got Rick Wagner coming up tonight. Tomorrow, of course, is a best-of program on Beyond Reality Radio. Then Monday, in our first hour, we have uh, a pet psychic animal communicator investigator and a psychic medium. That's Dwight and Rhonda Hull. And then Tuesday, we've got Cindy McGill, dream interpreter, on. We'll be discussing uh, dream interpretations and uh, helping people find their true identity. And I remember Cindy McGill coming on uh, the program before, and uh, we had a lot of callers. A lot of people wanted their dreams interpreted, and uh, she did a great job. I remember that being a really good program. Yeah, absolutely. Should yeah. be a great time. So we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, next Wednesday, Guy McCord, who is a paranormal researcher and investigator, and Jamie Bartlett will split the, split the program. Jamie's an author talking about his book, He or The People Versus Tech, How the Internet is Killing Democracy. And a lot of great shows, so make sure you tune in and check them all out. And, uh, you never know. Never know what will happen. It's always interesting. It is. It's, it is. It is. Um, all right. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll bring the ghost doctor in, Rick Wagner. It's Beyond Reality Radio with Jason and JV. Don't go away. We've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're bringing in, bringing in Rick Wagner right now. Rick is the ghost doctor. And uh, Rick, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you on tonight. Well, thank you very much. Oh, thanks for coming on. Trying to figure out which one's JV and which one's Jason. All right, we'll give you a test. Ready? Which one is this? <laughs> uh, JV. Oh, wow, yeah, you, <laughs> passed, you passed the test. And this is Jason. So welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Pressure, I can't take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rick, Rick, let's let's start here uh, by let's talking about the fact that you're known as the ghost doctor. What does that mean? Yeah, I have to explain that because <clears throat> this is not a medical profession by any means. Um, what they were describing me as <clears throat> is if there is an entity around us and it's causing interference with our human experience, if it's causing. Uh, physical pain to uh, emotions of depression and anxiety to thoughts of suicide, I look at both sides of the coin. I look at the human experience and I look at the spiritual experience attached to it. Um, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Um, what is the benefit of you being attached to this human? I connect them to where they are supposed to be. They are supposed to be connected with their families. Um, once that's done, so I am the doctor for the ghosts, let's say, the human can heal themselves. Because the energies have shifted, the thoughts of depression and anxiety are gone. Uh, same thing with uh, thoughts of addiction and things like that. So then you come back to your own authentic self by having these energies and entities uh, released. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, how did you get started? Well, um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and uh, I would see things. And I think a lot of kids do experience things that they can't explain. And, and Mom and Dad always says, ah, imagination, it was a horror movie, forget about it. 
And I, I think we have a connection to our guides, and they're showing me things as to the degree and the level that I'm able to accept it. Most of the time at that age, I was just terrified. I would be frozen in fear at six years old, eight years old in bed because there was something at the bottom of my bed. <clears throat> it was like a year later when my mom was flipping through a photo album and there was a picture of a man, white hair, white pajamas, and, and uh, white sheets. And I, I said, who is that? She said, that's her father. He had rheumatoid arthritis for 30 years and wasn't able to stand up. And I said, that's what was at the foot of my bed that was freaking me out all those years. He couldn't stand up. He was manifesting as he would have as a human. And he was trying to get a message to my grandmother who was in the next room. And so I just spent years of terror thinking, I don't know what this is supposed to be. Uh, it was until years later when I had a, uh, a near-death experience on a motorcycle. And uh, I realized that, you know, they're all here for a purpose. And well, they have a message. They're not just here to terrify us. So you know, if you lost carbon exterior and you became a spiritual entity and a being, you're not all of a sudden an evil entity. You're still going to be JV and you're still going to be Jason. Yeah. And you're going to do whatever it is to communicate to the family or the person that you were close to trying to get them a message. And whether that's through an electrical connection to one of our electrical centers, our head or neck or shoulders or spine or through televisions and lights going on and things like that. That's how, that's their only way of communicating. So do you feel uh, that you, do you feel your abilities increased uh, in strength when you had your near death experience? Cause we've talked to many people who uh, a lot of people who've never been able to have any experiences um, all of a sudden have a near death experience and they're, they're able to start uh, connecting with the other side. This has been a learning process for me, and I think my guides are showing me things so I am able to heal them. Um, the near-death experience was I was actually just going to the gym in Hollywood here. Uh, we didn't have to have helmets back then. So I had a gym bag, I had shorts and a T-shirt on, and I got hit head-on. I was thrown 50 feet in the air, landed on my head, on the pavement. The car was totaled, the bike was totaled, and I couldn't move anything from my neck down. Mm. Because I didn't have any feeling, I wasn't sure if there was any pain. I wasn't feeling pain, so I thought it was fine. Spent the night at Cedars-Sinai, and uh, four ER doctors released me the next day because I got my, my faculties back, and they said, you should have, first of all, you should be dead. You should have fractured your skull severed your spine. You sh there should have been multiple internal injuries. They found nothing, but what freaked them out even more was the fact there was no blood. I went that far in pavement, and there wasn't any blood. I stood up, and I walked out. Again, the bike was totaled, and the car was totaled. And going back to when the accident actually happened, and I'm lying in the street, and my uh, paramedic said to me, uh, who put your gym bag under your head? I said, my grandmother did. He said, where is she? I said, oh. She died 10 years ago, and it was like this little movie playing in my head. I could see myself going through the air, and I saw her face and her hands take the gym bag from behind me and put it in front of me. And that was kind of a turning point where I said, all right, there's stuff going on here, and it's not to scare us. It's going to be messages from now on. So that's how I interpreted it, and that's why I've gotten to the point where I'm getting messages and have a connection with my guides. And the learning process is speeding up in the last two years, and they helped him write this book, which came out well, in that, January. And, and that was the question. I, I know you said you were having the, you had these abilities prior, but um, at, at, with that near-death experience, did that seem to heighten your abilities to strengthen them? Um, it was more of a realization that it wasn't going to go away, and they're going to continue to show me things, okay. which, yes, strengthened me, strengthened the ability that I have. I still consider myself a vessel. I connect with my guides, and I give uh, my clients information. Um, I always have them take notes. I give them a spirit guide book to give them information because once I start channeling and I start giving them information, I usually don't recall what I was saying. 
I but just, it's usually things that they need to hear. <laughs> I, we have about a minute here before we have to jump into break, and I just want a little bit of a clarification oh. here. Um, when we use the t- words near-death experiment, experience, um, often we're talking about somebody who was pronounced dead and then came back. Is that what happened to you, or are you saying it was you nearly died? I should have been dead, but I did not get that uh, NDE, that near-death experience that people get, and they see this tunnel of light, and all their friends and relatives are out there saying, oh, right. no, you got to go back, you got to go back. I didn't get that, and I think the message was it wasn't my time, there's something I'm supposed to do, and there's something I was supposed to learn from that. So your experience was more of, uh, obviously, a very, very serious accident in which you should have died, but as yeah. you as you relayed to us, uh, your grandmother, who had dis- predece- is dis- was deceased, uh, intervened and prevented that from happening. So when you got to the hospital, you were paralyzed, but you weren't ever pronounced dead. Therefore, you didn't leave your body and have that part of the experience. Is that right? No, there was a time when I landed and blacked out. But I opened my eyes, and I was looking up at the sky, and I could see trees, and I, I thought, what am I doing here, you know? And I looked right. around and said, oh, I'm in the street. I should get up. So, so I didn't go anywhere. Yep. I, I think I just had the impact and the shock of landing. All right. So more of an awakening. It was more of an awakening for you. Tonight we're talking with Rick Wagner. He's known as the Ghost Doctor. You're going to want to check out his website. It's uh, myhauntedreality.com, which is also the name of his book, My Haunted Reality, which is uh, there and available for sale. So, Rick, before uh, we went to break, we were talking about your experiences. One of the things you said was that, uh, you know, if if Jason and or I, you know, were to pass on our carbon shell uh went away our souls would continue on our spirits our essence would continue on and we would still be we would still be jason or i would still be jv does that mean that our personalities and our memories and all of those things that make us who we are are part of our spirit and not part of our physical brain per se exactly uh my philosophy is we are here we come to this planet to learn something. This is a learning planet. That's why we always have night and day, dark and light, peace and war. It will, <clears throat> we create our own heaven and hell here by our personal choices. So when we come to this planet, we have already selected our family, and we've selected our guides that are with us. <coughs> the family will come and go. Um, they will always be around us. Our guides are here for the duration. So we are here to learn whatever it is. When I come across a spirit that I, I try to relocate and they keep bouncing back, a lot of times they don't know that they're dead. When there is an accident, an overdose, um, a suicide, if it was a quick transition, I can't see what they're seeing, but it's kind of the sixth sense thing. They, they see things and they can feel things. It's not, there's something off and they can't figure out what it is. Then I have to explain to them that you were successful in whatever attempt that was, or you had an overdose and congratulations, you have now achieved the next level of enlightenment. So <laughs> now I'm going to send you where you're supposed to go. Um, it's a, it's the same perception. So yes, you do retain your, your thought and your history for this lifetime. I think once you reconnect and you're reunited, then at that point you are able to go on to wherever you're supposed to go. So I, this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of off topic, and I know this isn't 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 maybe your expertise per se, uh, but it's part of what you do. So if if these memories and these this personality leaves us when our bodies die, you're saying then we lose that, or do we somehow somehow retain it in, no, no, no. in somewhere self, subconsciously no, as we enter a new life? Mm. Or don't we enter a new life? Maybe there, I misunderstood. I, the work that I get and the information I get is to help the client, the person with this life and the lesson we're, we're here to learn. There's a crack in the wall of regarding any kind of a past life we might have. Mm-hmm. I think there's a limit to our the further 
how we go with space exploration. I think all of that is a distraction from the lesson we're here to learn. If we're focused on our previous lives, we're not focused on what we're learning here. If we're going out to Saturn and Pluto and, and beyond, we're still not learning what we're supposed to be here for. Right. I think that the veil is thinning between the spirit world and the human world. There are more ghosts and spirits around us all the time. The world is overpopulated. There are more cracks in the past life thing, and I think we're, we're continuing to find out if there is uh, something else out there as far as space exploration goes. So, all right, so you, the so, memory yeah. that we have here, we can retain. And I think if we're going to be then in the future reincarnated, it comes back to, yes, you don't remember any of that. Now you're going to go on and do another lesson here, whether it's this solar system or another, I don't know. I haven't been to another one as far as I know. <laughs> so saying, saying that there's more spirits and people on the earth now would go, go against pretty much, I guess most of what religion teaches you with the, uh, the whole sea of souls and all that stuff. So where are, where are our spirits coming from? Where are, where's our essence coming from then? Hmm. As I said, we came here to learn something where we were previously. I'm not sure. Okay. And I'm a firm believer. That could on what... be from another solar system. That could be from another planet. Um, or we might have been here many, many times. And I think part of that lesson is that if you do commit suicide, you, you didn't learn your lesson. You've got to do it again. Okay. And I, I'm, I, I agree with you on one of the statements you said earlier where I've always looked at it as, well, hell is pretty much what you, you create your own hell. Right. I'm, I'm not a firm believer in the whole heaven and hell um, idea. I believe that it's hell is something that you manifest yourself after after you you leave this world or or this body. It's you know you're sort of you build up your own demons. It's what you pass on with, what you're focused right. on after that, and you, you sort of create your own hell. Exactly. Yeah. Rick, I'm sorry. Did yeah. you want to comment on that? I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, it, it's that one of the things I, my brother read the book because there's a chapter in here where he lost uh, an eight-year-old son, and I had to have his approval beforehand. Now, the whole thing about when my grandmother saved me from dying, he said, well, you should go into guardian angels and what guardian angels do. And I said, I didn't see a guardian angel. The whole point of this book in my voice is my experience and where I am now. I don't have any other reference, because if I use a biblical reference, it's going to put an image in your head of somebody with a halo and these white things sticking out made of feathers. I don't see that up there. And the same thing with um, any psychic predictions. I couldn't do that either. The book had to be very specific in the format and the structure. They told me before I even wrote it, they, they showed me what the cover was going to be. They, they told me it would be 13 chapters. I knew it was going to be 213 pages. They, be, they being format. your spirit guides? My guides, yeah. yeah. Okay. This book has only been out six months, and I am just keeping up with the flow of this. This is astounding. I, I am now, by the way, the only self-published author in Hudson Bookshops at the airports. And I, I, this is all new to me. I, it's my first book, but it, it's that they're opening up a door for conversation. I think it is, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to get from everybody: is get the fear out of the spirit world, and let's have a discussion about it. If we can take care of the entities and energies around you, and you can heal yourself, there's no side effects. There's no medication involved. How great would that be, Rick? With the uh, with your near death experience and the fact that you were paralyzed. Um, before this conversation began, I was under the impression that, uh, like Jason had said, frequently we talk to people who have near-death experiences, and when they come out of that, it opens up some sensitivities that uh, may had they'd harbored or not recognized or didn't have at all, and they were developed by that experience. But from what I'm understanding about your near-death experience, you uh, it was more of an acceptance at that point when you realized what your grandmother had done to save your life. Is that true? Yeah, because... <clears throat> The messages I've been getting, it all seems like it's becoming from family members. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, these aren't horror stories. 
we're just so programmed. We have this default emotion of fear. Anytime anything happens, a light comes on. Oh, what was that? A door slams. Oh, my God. It's an even, uh, evil entity. I had a guy um, who called me about a place in Hollywood. He broke up out of a relationship, and he said, there's something evil in my apartment. There's something evil here. And everyone that comes in here senses it. We have to do an exorcism. And I'm like, well, I'll have a conversation. I'm not going to do an exorcism. Let's see what it is. So I went there. I did an energy clearing, and we're sitting at the table. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, there is something here. He goes, get it out. And I said, "Uh, no, no, no. It's um, a, a sweet little woman with white hair and these cool glasses. And I was just about to say her name, and he gave me the name, and he said, that's my grandmother. So I said, you want to do an exorcism on Granny? <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it's the fear of the unknown, and our only fallback are the movies that we see and the books that we read. And I'm saying, most of the time, if something's around you, it's there for a reason. It's probably a family member letting you know that they're okay. And we, and we Not talk trying about, to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> and, we, and we talk about that often on the show, where uh, because I've investigated the paranormal for many, many years, and uh, and the fact of the matter is, the only thing that makes the whole paranormal scary is is Hollywood, is the are the movies that that people watch and uh, some of the TV shows that are out there. For whatever reason, they they focus on making it terrifying. And it's not. It's more intriguing than anything. Well, except Casper. I mean, Casper wasn't terrifying. No, Casper wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rick, we're going to go to break here. But well, we'll, we'll, oh, Go ahead. Go well, ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I'll sit there and I'll watch. If, if, if there's a, a ghost story on the screen and I'll be sitting there and I'm going, they wouldn't do that. No. What do you, who wrote this? What is this? You know, and I, I'm looking at it as <laughs> defending the ghost in the, in the movie going, why would they do that? That's silly. They wouldn't do that. You know, and it's, I haven't seen a movie yet that lived up to what my expectations are of the um, spirit world. So, Rick, we're talking about um, spirits uh, that surround us all or with us all. Tell us a little bit about what these spirits actually are and what they do. It's, uh, I think most people have more than one. <clears throat> when I'm in a group of people and I can sort of get a a visual, a a manifestation of the connection they have to their guides, it almost looks like the guides are bound because they're there to help us, but we don't utilize them. We don't even think of them on a day-to-day basis. I talk to mine like (laughs) 24-7. It's like, if I'm going to go look for a parking space, they said, you know, can I get the most benevolent out to me finding a parking space when I get there? And then, poof, I get the best parking. It's, um... It, it was a progress for me. I knew uh, I had three guides, and they were for different reasons. Um, and I gave them names. They are energy entities, and they allow us to give them human characteristics so we can relate to them. The energies have different feelings, um, which gives it a different purpose, which connotates to a name, because everybody asks me, what, how many do I have? What, what are their names? And it's like, it's, it's whatever relates to you. Whatever that energy is going to uh, project to you is something you can use as a name for that entity. They really don't have a human name. I have one that is my strength guide, and I call him Noah. And for years, I would feel five fingertips on the top of my head knowing that he was here. And now that I realize that they don't have hands and it was a manifestation, when I'm connecting to a client and I'm giving them information that they need to hear, the entire top of my head is on fire. It's tingling. It's going crazy. And it, it's an affirmation of the information that I'm giving them is really important. If I'm connecting emotionally with something around them, I get a tidal wave of emotion, whether it's the deep sadness and depression or it's a joy when they're reconnected. So it, it's very interactive for me. <laughs> Rick, are these, I, a couple things came to mind here. We only have a couple minutes before the top of the hour break, but you said wow. you named one of these guides for you, and you said that he was your strength guide. So each of these spirits yeah. have, a, have a certain role that surround us? Is that, That's the first question. Right. Um, I have a younger guide who has a lot of energy. I call him my go-to guide. 
when I have an entity and it needs to be relocated, and the one thing that's really important is I do not send them into the light. This was an old philosophy that there was a man up on a cloud with a long white beard shining a light down to us, and that's where we were supposed to go. There are millions of stars out there. There's millions of lights. And I get, you know, when I first started, I was sending them to the light. They come back and I go, which light am I going to? So I connect them to their families. I have one that's called Luke. And Luke is my guide who will energetically connect with the spirit's family and bring the family member here so they can reunite and then be taken to where they're supposed to go. Abe is an older kind of... uh, I don't want to call him a curmudgeon, but he's the kind of the one that keeps me in line. He just kicks me in the butt when I'm, I'm not focused on what I'm doing, <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and then there's, you know, Michael the Archangel that's around everybody all the time, just this huge white ball of light, like, over my right shoulder. So there's your primary guides, and then there's the family members, and every time I get in my car, I'm like, oh, my God, everybody's here. It's so crowded. <laughs> We're never really alone. <laughs> but you're Very comforting. You're... But you're saying a lot of people, well, most people don't actually utilize their guys, so they're just pretty much, what, sitting there in limbo because nobody's calling on them? Yeah, or they're using, um, I want to say antiquated, but a a traditional form of prayer. And I was just going through this with the client. I'm saying, but what are you asking for? I'm asking for love. I go, well, you've got love, and you've got abundance. There's abundant air. There's abundant water. You have to be very specific. We have to raise our vibration very high, and they have to lower their vibration very low to just have a communication with us. And I try to keep it very simple and very specific, like you're talking to a five-year-old. What is it you really want? And then the things will start to break through. I give my clients homework every night. Be thankful for everything that you accomplished during the day. What are the things you're taking to bed that's causing you stress that's not allowing you to sleep? Get rid of that. Delegate it. Where are you going to delegate it to? Your guys. Of course. Because they're such control freaks. We don't want to give it to another human. They're not going to do it as well as we can do it. So let's give it to the guides. You sleep like a rock. And then you wake up in the morning and I have them do a self-evaluation on how they feel physically and how they're feeling emotionally. Okay. But this opens up the door that they're going to start communicating every day with their guide and just watch what happens. So tonight we're talking with Rick Wagner, the ghost doctor, and we're going to continue that conversation in just a moment. But there, I, so I, sometimes when you read things and you just don't believe what you're reading, Yeah, I've got one of those things. No, really? A okay. woman in Michigan, it's reported that this woman served the remains of her ex-lover at a barbecue she had served the remains of her ex-lover to the guests at the barbecue there's so many punchlines i could come <laughs> and i'm just trying to hold yeah. back because I, I feel really bad yeah it's not a happy story by any means but there's a television documentary that authorities are, are alleging that a serial killer and her husband chopped up and killed her former lover and then served his remains at a neighborhood barbecue in 2014. This is according to a uh, documentary on WJBK-TV Channel 2 News um, in Michigan. And uh, this woman, her name's Kelly Cochran, later injected her husband, who helped her chop up this guy and serve him, with a lethal dose of heroin just a couple years later. This is a docuseries that's called Investigation Discovery, and uh, they they uh, allege that all this happened um, in M- Michigan's Upper Peninsula. It's not someplace I'm going to go for a barbecue anytime soon. I've been there many times, too, so it's just kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> It's really creepy. Can you uh, imagine going to a neighborhood barbecue and you know grabbing whatever comes off the grill? Yeah, yeah, is, I'll, have yeah. I'll have this bratwurst. I'll have this Wow, jeez, okay. Yeah. yeah not, not fun. No. Hey, we've got a great show tonight with Rick Wagner, but don't forget tomorrow night is a best of program. And then on Monday night, we've got Dwight and Rhonda Hull, pet psychic, animal communicator,
and Psychic Medium. They'll be discussing Dwight's new book and uh, also animal, animal Communications and Investigations and uh, much more. That's in the first hour. And then in the second hour of the program, Dan Baldwin, who's a writer and a paranormal investigator, will be talking about his book, Speaking with Spirits of the Old Southwest. And then Tuesday, Cindy McGill, Dream Interpreter, will be discussing dream interpretations and helping people find their true identity. So make sure you tune in. If you haven't yet, head over to Facebook.com slash Beyond Reality Radio and like the Facebook page for us. Then head to BeyondRealityRadio.com. You can find all the stations we air on. You can get the free iPhone and Android app right there. It allows you to listen to the show on the go. And uh, you can also just listen right from the website at any night. Click on the pop-up button. And Check tonight, it out. Tonight we're talking with Rick Wagner, the ghost doctor. And Rick, thanks again for being with us. Before we went to break, we were talking about our spirit guides, these spirits, the, the essence that surrounds us, that if we are able to tune into them or we're able to listen, uh, are help, trying to help us live our lives, trying to help guide us through life in many, many ways, in which we'll get into. But uh, another question I have about these guys, guides, are they unique to each of us? In other words, are my guides mine alone or do i share them with other people no they are yours so they are there from the point you were born until you leave your body so they're in some way or another assigned to me and everybody has uh, these guides assigned to them to live their lives actually chose them they were part of that selection when you chose your family you also chose your guides now, are these guides, are they, uh, and for lack of a better word, I'm not sure if this is the right way to describe it, are they religious uh, as we would um, see them or divine in some nature? <clears throat> wow. Um, <laughs> I, I see an entity. I see a, a divine meaning... I mean, are the they, problem is, are again, they... when you put that cap on there, yeah. I, I, I want to see a halo with wings, right. you know? Yeah. It, it's, that, it's that connotation of you're bringing the religion in. Um, well, that's exactly my question. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that have a very strong belief in God. Um, clearly, if, if what we're talking about is actually what's happening, they have spirit guides, too. And I'm wondering if, if those spirit guides are provided to them or in some way connected to their God. Well, I had a manifestation of what God is, and it was me lying in bed one night, and I had an umbilical cord of light going from me up to my mother, to her mother, to every spirit, and this is the way they want me to define it, every spirit with or without a body. They, want us, they don't want me to say living or dead. The spirits are alive. They didn't die. We just lost our carbon exterior but we are all connected by this beautiful connection of light. And as it all connects to a source that is God, I think that connection between us is also God. I don't see, like I said before, a man on a cloud with a long white beard in a robe, you know, shining a light down to us. That's a manifestation that's religious that came out of the Bible. Right. Okay. So um, what you're saying then is that we may not have the uh, the accurate portrayal of God in, in, in how it's taught to us through modern religious teachings, but there is divine nature to all of this. Yes. Yes. But I'm saying also, God is whatever God is to you. It goes back to Buddha. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Sound of one hand right. clapping is the sound of one hand clapping. Don't interpret it more than it needs to be interpreted. If your belief system is biblical, and it's giving you strength, that is what's giving you strength. Do if, if we have difficulty hearing these guides or understanding their messages, which I would say, I, I would assume that a majority of us do have that difficulty. I've never heard mine. I've never been able to recognize the messages they're trying to send me. If that's the case, then why are they there? Uh, it seems as though if they were going to be there, there'd be a more direct or a more obvious way that they could communicate with us. It's pretty obvious. The problem is they're not human. We're using our human faculties to have a communication with something that's not human. So I tell my clients as they're going to bed, and you start the communication. You start the communication. You start the communication. You continue with that communication every night, and it will start opening up. 
what you're going to, you're not going to see them with your eyes. You're not going to hear them with your ears. We all have an empathetic ability. And through that empathetic ability in our chest, we, we are going to get a feeling. We're going to get an intuition. If we're trying to decide between two choices and we toss it up to our guides at night before we go to bed, you will intuitively by morning think, oh, I, I, I want to go that way. And it's that subtleness. The more you use it, the more that door opens. So could it be then... Like a muscle. Yeah, could it be then that we've all along been getting those messages, just not recognizing them? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you just said that, and I got goosebumps from my toes to the top of my ears. That's what's <laughs> something that everybody needed to hear, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, confirmed I, that. <laughs> I wanna, the night is moving along rather quickly here, and, I'm, and as frequently happens on this program, we, we won't run out of time before we run out of questions. Uh. So I'm going to move this along a little bit. Um, <laughs> one of the things that your book addresses, and I find it a very interesting question, uh, what is the difference between a ghost and a spirit? Um, I think a ghost is just the perception of being lost. And, again, in those sudden trans, trans, transitions, going to the spirit world, and it's like they trip and fall, is that, well, I don't know where I am. So a ghost will stick with the surrounding. There you get the haunted house or whatever. They are not trapped there. They don't know where else to go. A spirit is free. They're all free to roam. I just think the ghost has a limited capability or an understanding of where he's supposed to be. And I'm just going to say here, I did renovations, and there's, there's stories in my book about every house that I had, there was something in it. And my last one had an eight-year-old ghost in Aunt Elizabeth Marie, and she's chapter eight in my book. And, uh, you know, we had a great relationship. She had a choice to go with her family, but she chose to stay there and make her presence known almost every night. So I think that's the difference between a ghost and a spirit. We're talking with Rick Wagner. He's the author of a book called My Haunted Reality. His website is myhauntedreality.com. You can find links to the book on uh, the website. And I believe, Rick, uh, the book is also available on Amazon if, if you go there directly, right? Yes, it is. Let's go to the phone lines, try to work in a few of these calls, because we will run out of time. This is Michael from Indiana. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing, guys? Good, welcome Great to the show. show. I, uh, I love listening to you guys. Um, I actually have two comments. The one thing you were talking about, like when he asked, where do the spirits come from, or where does the energy come from, our presence? Um, I've heard a lot of people say things, and they've, nobody's ever really had a clear answer. So it's, you know, it was interesting that maybe 20 years ago I had a conversation out of nowhere with my sister who I hadn't seen in 10 years. And now, bear with me, it's quite a weird idea here, but... You know, as the universe is always expanding and never expanding universe, um, it was given to me sort of by one of those voices in the back that you don't quite listen to, that we are the universe, our energy, our presence. We come from the heavens. That's why they say when we go to heaven, that's where we're going to go, back to the energy that we were. That's an inter- that's an interesting thought, Michael, and it kind of it kind of uh, actually connects to quantum theory and this whole concept that we're all connected by this this energy that you speak of. Um, is that is that kind of what you're saying? Well, yeah, I mean, because it's a it's a never ending uh, presence, the energy, the, the the universe. It's it's always continuously building on life. You know, where does it come from? Where do we come from? Where do we go? You know, before why we, get... we have abilities, that energy, that uh, what you, the Earth has its own, uh, what do they call it, that its own field. Yeah, what they call that. We have the same of that. You walk up to a radio, it gets bad, it gets worse. That energy field. Right. We are. That's what we so, are. We're energy. There's an electromagnetic field. Yeah. So uh, before we get Rick's comment on that, did you say you have you had two points you wanted to make? Yeah, he was talking about the uh, about our spirit guides and, and things of that nature. And now I've always known that I've had a, a guide with me and somebody there whispering in my ear telling me things, and I don't always choose to listen to them. And then there'd be times where I'd hear a conversation going on up there, and I think I must be freaking crazy. But now I, it, it does kind of make a little more sense to help me understand that why I've heard conversations of them 
talking about, well, why doesn't he do the right thing? I don't know what's the matter with him. When I make stupid choices, I can actually hear these conversations going on in my head, and I'm saying, oh, my God, I must be nuts. But it actually does make more sense that there's more than one presence around us help guiding us, and that we can hear them if we learn to quiet everything else around us and take, take self out of it, take ourselves out of it, and all that we learned and were taught when we were kids, and just open your mind to whatever's there. You'd be surprised what you can do. That's really, that's really cool, Michael. Uh, one of the things I want to say is, uh, because we usually have more than one guide, um, be careful of confusion, because sometimes they're all having that conversation, but there is no definitive um, area to, to send you in. So you get, you get confused. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. I always try to define one guide as the spokesperson. So they can have their little conversations, but then only one of them is coming through with a definitive answer, and it allows uh, for less uh, con- confusion uh, when you have all the guys trying to make a decision for you in your best interest. Right. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. Thank you for that. Because, like, yeah, I, I don't always listen when I hear those multiple answers and questions and things shooting out at me. It just makes me even more confused as to what to do, you know? You can participate in that conversation. You can say, okay, guys, listen. I talk to them like I could talk to you guys. I mean, I don't talk to yeah, them. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I do. I like say, that sometimes oh, I just one nuts. voice, you're confusing me. I just need, okay, you go now. What am I supposed to do? Give me the best answer, and then that'll come to you. Also, this is important. We also have access to other guides that have better information. I was trying to sell a house, and, and, and my guides. I don't know. They don't know everything, okay? So I said, can you find me a guy that really knows real estate and, and help me down here? And, and boom, the place actually did sell. So I, we do have a source up there, and we're all connected. So why not use that information and pull it towards our you know, forest for our, our benefit? Right. Thank Michael, you. thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate those uh, those comments and questions. And I want to uh, give you a minute here to uh, respond to Michael's first point about this energy that may very well be the essence of the universe. Could that be what makes up the essence of us? Absolutely. You were relating it to quantum physics, I think you said. Yeah, it, yeah. there's there's some connection there. Yeah, there's some thought, some you know similar theories there. There's a definite energetic connection. Like you said, we're all energetic beings, and I think that we are all connected to a source. And it's it's hard to differentiate our energy from all the things around us. Everything around us has energy. Um, part of the work that I started was, even before you go into your house, to clear the energy around you. What's the energy like in your space? How is it depleting you? How... Let's be aware of the energies around us and how it's affecting our health. Okay. All right, we're talking with... Yeah, it does. We're talking with Rick Wagner. Uh, Again, he's the author of a book called My Haunted Reality, and his website is myhauntedreality.com. The book, uh, there's a link on the website for the book, or you can just find it on Amazon. And uh, Rick, I want to turn this conversation to more of what you do for your clients um, with these sensitivities, knowing what you know and the ability to communicate with their spirit guides and your own. First of all, tell us the types of conditions that your clients come to you with that you can help them. Most of it is um, deep depression, anxiety. Um, I do have quite a few clients uh, with attempted suicide. Uh, one of the examples is a woman who has been depressed every day for 66 years of her life came to me and was defining that she had poison in her spine. And I said, I don't really know what that means. Poison in the stomach, I can see, but what is it doing in your spine? She says it's rotting and corroding. I said, okay, well, what happens before that? She says she gets a tightness in her stomach. And then before that, she, there's this black veil that comes down over her eyes. And I said, oh, hey, that's really interesting. And what happens before that? She says the whole top of her head is tingling. I go, let me tell you what you're doing. You are so misinformed about what the information is that you are getting. These are your spirit guides trying to communicate with you. She's very empathetic. She's 
very psychic. But every time they were showing her something, it was it was either demonic or poison. And she just thought it was evil and trying to get her. I said, those are your guides. They're trying to communicate with you by connecting to the top of your head. You are interpreting that, that something's trying to get you. It's coming down with this black veil over your eyes and, and causing poison in your spine. Every time she presented something to me, I could see it as total opposite. So I went through all the events in her life and switched everything around. And she told me for the first time in her life that she was happy. She said what it did for her was mesmerizing. She had more of a two-hour session with me than 40 years of therapy because of the interpretation of everything that was given to her was a negative and was out of fear. That's pretty so that, that's yeah, that's, that's pretty, one client. That's pretty powerful. So how does it work for you, though? Um, you know, you're, you've said you talk to your spirit guides daily, uh, 24 hours a day, I think you even said. Um, how do you communicate <laughs> with there. theirs, and what types of communications do you have that results in the healing process for them? Um, I don't... I can connect with their guides, but what I'm trying to do with the clients is to get them to open up that doorway and have them have the communication. Oh, so they can have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach them how to heal themselves. I give them a spirit guide book and I tell them, you know, I give them homework assignments and and this is what you're going to do. You're going to monitor yourself. Um, There's a couple in Canada that moved into a space and they said, can you please help us? We moved in two years ago and we just there's something in here that's making us really depressed and we're just thinking of suicide. We don't know what to do. Um, he had an appointment with me about two weeks ago and he didn't keep it. And I, I kept taking him back and going, what's going on? What's going on? His girlfriend was in the hospital for a second attempt at suicide. We finally had a session last week and I said, you have so many little energies around you. There's a little boy uh, starts with a J and his name is James. And I looked at the girl and I said, who's, Joseph, she goes, that's my dad. This poor girl was suffering with migraines, headaches, and abdominal pain. And I, I said, your dad is trying to communicate with you. He knows, he wants you to know that he's here. So he's leaning on one of your electrical centers, which happens to be the top of your head. That is why you're getting the migraines. So she's been in the hospitals and institutions with all of this, this stuff that was going on. I said, all I have to do is just say, I love you, Dad. Please step back. You're interfering with my human condition, and you're giving me a headache. I told her that, and the headache instantly went away. The abdominal pain was from this boy who had been with her a long time, and as she grew up, he's now looking at her as a mother figure. Because we're connected through this umbilical cord, he was taking his little cord and trying to connect it to her. So he's punching her in the stomach. I was able to, through my guide, reconnect Luke to where he was, I'm sorry, the boy, James, where he was supposed to go, the abdominal pain stopped. So it's, it's redirecting this, these entities around us that change all the energy and our, our thought processes and takes away anything as far as the depression goes. Um, usually in one session. I'm still in touch with these these guys. I have them text me every day. How are you doing? He said, you know, it's been such a roller coaster. Everything's like normal. And it's kind of boring. I said, boring is good. Stop it. Boring <laughs> is good. Your life has been up and down, and, and now it's where it's supposed to be. And sometimes we like holding on to the trauma. At what point? Yeah, it makes it more exciting. Yeah. At what point uh, do you recommend, if somebody's been dealing with issues like this, that they that they maybe um, when they seek out your treatment? At what point should they be seeking out your treatment? Most of them have tried everything else. They've been through therapists and they've been through every antidepressant medication. I said, give me an hour or two. And there's some Yelp reviews. I just have a, a new Yelp page that I got up there. So there's some great reviews on there from clients. 2016, nearly 45,000 Americans, 10 or older, died of suicide, according to the uh, Center for Disease Control. 54% of people who died by suicide did not have a diagnosed mental health condition at the time of their death. 
So what happened is um, one client came to me and he said, he said, he's very happy. You've got two kids, got a wonderful family. He loves his life. But all he can think about is how he's going to die today. So when it's instantaneous, when you have no reason for this depression, no reason for this thought of suicide, let's see what's around you. As soon as he started talking to me on the phone, I could feel something there. I actually pulled out a name. I said, this is a guy named Henry. You picked him up from work. He works at an old, this was a Hollywood hotel built in 1924, which became a senior living center. So there's a lot of spirits around there. They liked his light. They like your light. They'll follow you home. They go, hey, we're lonely. Come on over on our side. Kill yourself. What? So this happens all the time. This happened to me. This is my chapter 10 in the book where I was doing a clearing of something attached onto me and was so lost and lonely it wanted me to join him. I said, that's kind of expensive at my end. I have to kill myself so I can keep you company over there. I don't think so. So a lot they of these... make it very clear. They make it very clear. They, you know, well, you know, you can move up. And this is a good place to be. Your life is done. Come over here and join me. I'm like, no. And why are these things doing this? Why are they trying to get people to take their own lives? They are. So when I did this clearing and this guy followed me home, I, I was going to bed at night and I saw him standing at the foot of my bed in a mound of depression. I was so exhausted. I said, get out of here. I can't deal with this right now. You need to go. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning with like my head in the vice and sweating and my, my spine was in contraction. I thought I had pulled something at the gym. I said, I, I, I got to go to the ER. They wouldn't have found anything. I didn't know what it was. Because it was in such pain, it was accompanied by this depression. Whenever I get attached to a situation, the guides will uh, empathetically kind of feel the same stuff. If it's coming along with depression, I know it's not me. I know it's, I know it's from another source. So knowing what this, uh, this depression was, I didn't realize this until later on in the afternoon. I went out said, I need some air. I was coming down um, Sunset Boulevard, and there was a bus coming right at me. Very clearly and very simply, it was telling me, just take a step to the right, and you can instantly be over here with me, and that would be really cool. I'm like, uh, no, no. It, and I, I didn't, I couldn't see it for what it was. I texted a friend of mine who was a psychic, and she said, be careful, be careful. They're going to uh, talk you into suicide. So when I got back to my apartment, I was able to sit down and see him. His name was Anthony. He, he crossed over. He got lost. Every time he was trying to connect to someone, it wasn't working. He didn't know what to do. And he just got more and more deeply depressed. And then it's kind of like tar. It just sticks on you. And you don't see any other way out. You know it's not your authentic self but you don't really know where it's coming from. As soon as I reconnected him with his dad and he left, the migraine was gone, the spine pain was gone, the sweating was gone, the depression was not only gone, I was like 125% over the top happy. I'm like, oh my God, really? That's what they're showing me? And I yelled at my guys and said, hey, I almost died here. Were you guys on vacation? What's going on? And, and they said, no, because if we told you that, you wouldn't believe us. So we have to show you things. And that's kind of what they've been doing. That's part of what the book is, is my journey and what they're showing me and how to heal it. So would you say that some of the people that are labeled as schizophrenic are just hearing these voices instead? Uh, yes, it's also bipolar. I have a lot of clients coming in saying they're bipolar because, you know, for Beginning of the day, they're really happy, and then an hour later, can turn into crashing down and depressed. And bipolar is usually a, a child spirit around them, because that's the emotions of a child. They're going to be very happy, and they're very angry, and suddenly. So it's one of the things I tell my clients, nothing wrong with you. Whether that's an addiction or depression, it, there's nothing wrong with you. Because that's the first thing we look at and go, you know, I don't understand what's going on. There must be something wrong with me. And as soon as they know it's not them, 
and they can start taking a step away from these voices and these thoughts, it becomes very clear to them what it is. And, uh, and the work has been tremendous. It really has had an astounding effect on people that, that were that deeply depressed, especially like this couple up in Canada. They text me every day and they go, thank you. We probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Well, it's interesting that this is what your work is because um, I actually have a story here that I was going to read earlier. Um, the Surgeon General is talking about how loneliness and depression is making many people sick. And there's a study that was done that talks about nearly half of Americans report that they are sometimes or always, sometimes or always feeling alone. It's 47%. And one in four Americans rarely or never feel as though there's anybody who really understands them. Um, There seems to be a bit of an epidemic of this. Do you think that um, media and the things we've been talking about here tonight where we've shut ourselves off from our spirit guides, we've turned our, a blind eye to things that can help us in that regard. Do you think that's the cause of of this, what I would say is an epidemic? Ooh, oh, yeah. Um, there's a guy calling me. He's retired. He's up in Toronto. He's angry. He said, you know, I've, I've never had a love in my life. He goes, I, I, I've tried so many times to have a decent career. He was very athletic. He played tennis, but he said he was never a star. And, and he just he felt like his life was a failure, and he didn't want to live anymore. And I, I said to him, I said, well, why are you calling me? I'm not going to encourage that if you're going to do that. And he goes off and complains again. He goes, oh, okay, I get it. He, you know, I said, if you're calling me, I'm a, I'm a life preserver. I'm going to toss you a life preserver. I'm not going to help you kill yourself. So you're reaching out to me for a reason. And I think the problem is people don't have anyone to reach out to. They, I'm trying to teach them, you know, step by step, that your guides are there and you need to communicate with them. And he yells at them and saying, why aren't you listening to me? And I said, no, 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 that's not how you do it. You don't want to piss them off. And I got to hold their hand to have that connection. I think that's the first thing is, is that door starts to open and they can communicate with their guides and find out where they're supposed to be. Keep their feet on the ground and stop getting into fear and loneliness and start healing. Then you can assimilate back into being out with people. But I, said, I told them, I said, right now you're like um, a Charlie Brown character, Pigpen, except you got this gray cloud over you. This is gloom and doom. Who wants to be around that? Get rid of that, then you can come out and socialize and start doing some of the interaction that you need to be around people. I guarantee you're going to be feeling better. But you're right, loneliness is it's spiraling. It, it well, envelops you, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and it doesn't yeah. look like there's any resolve to it. I find uh, this last statistic to be the most interesting in that survey. Generation Z, now that is the uh, people ages between 18 and 22, were actually the loneliest group in the survey, survey, while adults 72 and older were the least lonely. We often think of our senior citizens being very lonely, Um, but actually the reverse is true. They claim to be the least lonely, and the youngest of us are the most lonely. That's a very, very troubling fact. That's the technology. I think it's the phones. Oh, that's, you know, that's definitely taken away and, being able to socialize. It, it, I think the problem is you're seeing everyone else on all the accolades and every, everyone doing so great on Facebook, and then you have nothing to contribute. Right. And then mm-hmm. adds to loneliness. Well, I'm not part of that group. I'm not doing all that stuff that they're doing. And it, it, it belittles you. Yeah, it, it, it makes yeah, you're all, you're, it you're constant, constantly. It's self esteem. And, and yes, the loneliness, um, I would have thought initially, yes, that the 72 and older would have been the loneliness, but they have grandchildren. Yeah. I think that's a huge plus. Plus, they didn't grow up with the phones, and, the, and they're probably not nearly as... No. Yeah, so uh, we're out of time, Rick. Um, your website, again, is myhauntedreality.com. The website not only includes information about your book, but it includes information about your services and how people can get a hold of you uh, if they want to reach out to you that yes. way, right? Yes, it does. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. We greatly appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again at some point, Rick. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. If you haven't yet, head over to facebook.com slash beyondrealityradio. Like the Facebook page for us. 
then head to beyondrealityradio.com. You can find all the stations we are on across the country, and the list is constantly being added to, so check it often. You can also download the free iPhone and Android app right there, which allows you to listen live, catch past shows all on the go. Or just anytime we're live, feel free to just go to the website at beyondrealityradio.com, click the upper right-hand button, the pop-up button, or just the listen live button. The pop-up button will open a chat room. You can hang out with a great community of people while listening to the show. Uh, the listen live button, you can listen just hanging at your computer while you're doing something else. If you download the show from iTunes or anywhere else, just do us a favor and rate it for us because it helps push it forward. And, and that's what it's all about, getting the word out to everybody. Is the pop-up button an in or an Audi, just out of curiosity? It's, uh, it's an Audi. <laughs> okay. It's an Audi. Anyways, all right, that's going to do it for us. You're listening to Jason and JV. Have a great weekend. We'll, we'll catch you all soon. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.